Everybody's got a to-do list, dropping off dry cleaning, picking up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance, extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Plus, they have the funniest TV commercials, so that's got to count for something, folks. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. All right, here we are, Spike's Car Radio. We're in Beverly Hills today. We've left the chair open for you, the listener, and uh, I'm here with my new co-host. I fired Zuckerman. He's gone. And I'm with uh, the new guy, Tom Segura. Tom. Hey, man. It's great to be here. First day. I like <laughs> you it. You were the guest. Yep. You were our big guest. Um, Tom has a new Netflix special. It's his third. It's called Disgraceful. I uh, I watched the whole thing. Really? Yeah. I wow. loved it. Oh, thanks, man. I, you know, honestly, I didn't know that much about you. I knew your name, but I didn't know much about your comedy. And uh, it's, it's, you know, you have this way of delivering jokes, you know, you're a little. You got a little Louis C.K. in there, mm. but softer and friendlier, and uh, there's more. There's a lot more likability going on there. Thank you. So you know, and this is a weird thing. You know, you, we're, we we're both in comedy. We've been in comedy for a sure. long time. It's kind of hard to watch someone else's one hour special. Uh, you know what I mean? I take it as the biggest compliment. Even if you had been like, I sat through that whole thing and I fucking hated it, I'd be like, you still sat through it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. I put it on and I found that it it relaxed me. Oh, good man. It was hilarious. I put a lot of people to sleep with my comedy. It's not. Know? No, no. It's not what I meant. No, I know. It just didn't make me. It didn't make. I just liked hearing the way you delivered the jokes. You're a very good storyteller. I I really loved hearing about how you were weaving the stories from your life into jokes. If if you guys don't know Tom Segura, which I a lot of you do, judging by the response I got for questions today, um, you got to check out uh, Tom's Netflix special. It's awesome. Thank he, you very and much. And I and right before when you sat down here, you know Zuckerman's late, by the way. This is this is what happens when you deal with someone who does not work in the entertainment business. Of course. They don't understand this sacred space. This guy's a lawyer. I mean, he's out, right? You're not going to have him back. I, yeah, no, I, he's, a, he's a good friend. I'll, I'll have him back. But we'll, we'll, out, we'll put him over there in that chair. Give him the fucking cut. <laughs> you think I should fire him? You're like, this is show business. You're done. You don't know anything about Zuckerman, though, right? No, I don't know anything. No, about. he could take the ice pick out and put it right through your head just for <laughs> saying that he's he's a beast okay. of a man. See, I was kidding though. That's See, my if whole thing. That's my fallback. I was if, joking, Zuckerman. He's if if uh, if you like him, if you're friends, he's a very gentle spirit. He'll sure. do anything for you. He's okay. a very loyal mastiff mm-hmm. like that. I but got you. If you're on the wrong side of Zuckerman, you're dead, and that's what makes him a very successful lawyer and makes him a lot of money to collect cars. You're you said you like cars. I mean, the whole like when I when they sent me offers to do things, they they go uh, uh, Spike has a, a car pocket. I was like, oh, done, yes, like right away. Like, Why? Because I was just like a guy who likes cars. I like him for sure. That was well, what, immediate. So you know, I went you know this morning just for the fun of it, asked the the listeners for some questions, which I don't do a lot, but there's a, a big group of passionate listeners here, mm-hmm. and more than one person said, you got to ask Tom about the Lamborghini story. <laughs> yeah, that's so fun. <laughs> what, what is that? What so, is the Lamborghini story? The Lamborghini story is this. So I did um, a group of, of, a couple other friends of mine that are also comics, we got together, and sometimes we've done challenges, like we did a weight loss challenge uh, a year ago that I won. And then this year it was, uh, let's do Sober October and be sober for the month and also do 15 90-minute hot yoga classes in the month. So it was like totally like inconvenient, time constraint, not fun, uh, but it's like an exercise in discipline and see who can, can everybody actually do this. So it was four of us total doing this. Joe Rogan, Burt Kreischer, Ari Shafir, and myself. So, you know, every every few days we're checking in. Are you still sober? Are you doing the hot yoga classes? <laughs> and we're all complaining about how much time. Hot yoga is not just about those 90 minutes driving there, parking, cleaning up. It's like fucking three and a half hours every time you do it, 15 times in a month. So it was horrible. And as we're going through it, I know, you know, you know your friends' insecurities and all this stuff. So I get to, we're getting towards like the last, we're all going to get hit number 15 and we decided to do a class together. So I go, I know my friend Bert, who is um, you know, this really extroverted, wild guy, but also I know his insecurities, and I know, I know how th- certain things will play on him. So what I'm gonna do is, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna rent a Lamborghini for a day, take it to that yoga class, and then afterwards be like, oh, I got something for you in my car, and then <laughs> watch him flip out. Is it a Huracan? Uh, yes. Is that what it was? Yes. Okay. So beautiful car. Beautiful car. Yes. A fucking clown car though too. Like where when you drive it, you're like, who buys this thing? Like this is insanity to actually drive this. Yes. You know, I mean, it's like a jet engine starting, and it just looks. It just looks crazy. Right. You know? So anyways, I do I park and I here's the thing. I was planning on trying to get them all, but I ran into Joe the night before at the store and it was like, you know, when you just are too excited, I was like, I gotta tell you this, man. So I told him and he was like, Great, I'll be I'll kind of be your uh, your help in, in the sense of like I'll just kind of s- help sell it like when they go shut up, you didn't get that. I'll be like, Tommy's doing great. Like he's selling out theaters. This is part of the lifestyle. Like, just good for you, and I'll encourage you mm-hmm. and, like, kind of really, like, make them feel badly right. <laughs> about their place. <laughs> so I did. I hit, like, we are walking out of that class. I think it was class number 15, and I, I just reached in my pocket, and I hit the, the button, and you see the lights kind of go on a car, and I hear my bird go, shut the fuck up. And I go, he's like, you got a Lamborghini? And I was like, yeah. Like, I played it like everyone's got one right and he was like shut up and i just go here's that thing like somebody gave us like a water bottle like everyone sent some guy sent me these new water bottles and he was like you have a fucking lamborghini and then that's when joe jumped in he was like he's selling out theaters dude this is fun. he's balling this was part of that lifestyle bro and i just see bert just shaking his head he's like and actually ari was like did you rent this and i was like that moment of like how, how is this gonna play yeah are you a good liar in yeah. that moment and um and, and they still had the, you know when you get a new car? Yeah, it has it's got that, the tag on the back. The, oh, no, but just the um, the tape to the windshield, a VIN, you know, oh, yeah. all that. Oh, yeah, okay. So that was on there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you can check my fucking registration. And, like, he was like, oh, wow. Like, he just, it just sold it right away. And then they're like, what did you, I go, I got a great deal. I got it for, like, two ninety or something. They're like, you spent fucking $290,000 on a car? And I was like, do fucking three shows. Yeah, like, big deal. <laughs> And he was just like, God damn it, man. I just can't believe this. And I could just tell, like, really. <laughs> so we say bye. And as I'm backing up, I just look over and I, could, I see Bert just, like, shake his head. He was like, God, like, what's going on? And then I, I, what I did was I went to return it. I, I went from there to return it. And I made a video of me returning the keys to the guy. But I didn't tell Bert. So I let him sit on it for a day. Oh, that's good. I let him marinate. Post, yeah. I just posted it, and I tagged him <laughs> in it. Like, you got to see this, man. And then I just get a call. He's like, you piece of shit. I hate you so much. He goes, because I, I knew that it would, like, like, like make him kind of freak yeah, out. Yeah, make him crazy. And he was like, I was searching for motorcycles last night. Like, <laughs> like, I felt like just I anything had, to compete. Yeah, I had to get something, too. And I was like, I was dying, man. I was just crying. I was like, motors. He's like, I had yeah. to get something, too. Isn't that interesting? Well, Zuckerman yeah. finally arrived. What's How are you, man? This nice is a good point. You. Nice You're late. You You're, he was just, I'm not late. It's Tom, Tom wanted to fire you. I thought playfully. I was like, tell him it's show business. You're fucking and I done. Said it's, I would love to be fired. Yeah. <laughs> But oh. wait, we're in. You're in for a perfect spot because that idea that he just said yes. this this infection, how we infect our friends with I've got to buy something, I've got to get something because you got something. Well, sure, it goes back to childhood. Really? If you got a toy, I wanted the same thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. You got a bike, I wanted a bike. Especially and, if you have siblings, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and so yes, right. That's why uh, I think one of the seven deadly sins is greed, and another one is envy. Yeah. yeah, it's all in there, man. But yeah. that's why it's yeah. also dangerous for all of us car guys to kind of be around each other. Well, that's why addicts are not supposed to hang out with each other, <laughs> yeah, right? for sure. Right, I'm trying not to do, uh, you know, any more crack, and then I, I go over and hang out with Tom and Spike, and they're full of crack. Yeah. yeah. So, well, see, you still left him with the idea that you really could buy that car I if did. you wanted to. I did, I did, yeah. Yeah, did. And, and did you drive it at all? Did you like it? Yeah, no, it was so fun, but it was fun in the, like, I didn't return it going like, man, I wish... This car was mine. It was a fun rental experience. Right. Like some cars right. you you drive and you're like, that's cool. Like I don't I don't covet that and need that to feel like uh, you know I didn't feel like I gotta have that. Right. Like, it just right. didn't it didn't do it for me even a little bit. It was a like kind of a thrill, but I it just I, I don't even like the aesthetic that much. I mean it's cool, but for if I was going for like a, a super exotic like that. It would be a different car. It yeah. wouldn't be that one. Yeah. Well, the Huracan is, you're the guy in the neighborhood who uh, 
we know has a huracan because every time you start it For up, sure. it's very loud. Yeah. So if you get up early in the morning, your neighbors aren't happy with you. Like Porsche does a really good job of with that little sport button, that little exhaust button. You can turn it off when you come home late at night, and nobody hates you. I feel like the Porsche lim- also has mastered the thing of you can you can take a Porsche to like a yogurt shop, and no one's like, "Look at this asshole," you know? Like, <laughs> well, out here in LA, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out here, that's true. But like a lot of yeah. other cars, you're like, "What are you doing driving?" Right. Like? I feel like that sometimes. Like, what can I park at? You know, a just a regular strip or go to a comedy club and not be like, I'm here. You right, know, like, right. I feel like Porsche's kind of. I wonder if you could get a that. butthole wrap on your a car, what? on your Lamborghini. Oh, yeah, get a butthole on it? A, a big butthole to show what an asshole you are. I don't think all Lamborghini owners are assholes. It's a wonderfully balanced car. It's just it needs. A little help in the noise department. It's, it's be funny. What about loud. putting a custom exhaust on it that actually takes the yeah. noise out of it? So I'm not saying you're an asshole, but I'm saying people can perceive you. It's like the effect, like you drive a Rolls. Oh, look at that rich asshole. For sure. Right? People are going to perceive you in a certain light because you have that car. I've seen assholes in Priuses before. Well, that's I, true I know. Too. You know, who cares what people think anymore? That's this true. is about us enjoying our drive. I will tell you, though. Well, I had uh, a GT3 RS in Atlanta mm-hmm. and took that off uh, the track at Road Atlanta out into the suburbs there, and you do feel like a fucking asshole. In that model, though? No, in the it, see, see, L.A., uh, you blend in because there's so much stuff like that out here. I but when you. you're in the real world, <laughs> you yeah. don't— Out of the bubble. There's no lava orange anywhere. That's right. <laughs> it's just, there might be an old GMC pickup truck that's close to that orange. With rust. But you really <laughs> feel self-conscious. And what do you, how do you feel about a fixed wing? Do you like it? Well, yeah. Do you understand the purpose of it? It has a well, purpose. Of course, it has a purpose. I'm right. talking about just the aesthetics of it. Though. I do because it has a purpose. I, okay. I, you know, in the beginning of this Porsche thing, I understood that. You know, I thought it was ostentatious and gaudy. And I, and when people look at it, they go, "Oh, the wing! Like it's yeah. it's something that you had put on, like yeah. like a like a like a little uh, pin or something, like some flare." Yeah. yeah, and put a wing on it. I no. like a big wing. But when you learn, it keeps the ass on the ground over 140, 150. Yeah. Now, without it, you might slide off a track. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Do I need it? No. You know, new GT3 comes with the touring package. That's probably what I'm going to do. No wing. Just because right, I think you that, can do it manually yeah, and you're going to do it. be a little different. Um, it looks gorgeous without it, though. That's my—I my, think it's like aesthetically speaking, right. it's a beautiful so car. So are you a Porsche guy? You're talking like one. I mean, I, I, li- <laughs> I enjoy them. I, I like them. Where yeah. did you grow up? I moved around a lot. I lived in the Midwest and then uh, like Cincy, Minneapolis, Milwaukee, and then uh, spent my high school years in, in South Florida. So what is the car brand for you when you think about, when you fantasize about maybe I will buy something? Mm. I mean, I, I I don't know. Porsche would probably come to the top, and then I would probably go to. Uh, I mean, I'm sort of coveting uh, an AMG GT. Like, I don't know if a GTR. But, yeah. Um, there you go. Are. That's that's common. Um, we were discussing those last night. Those are pretty wild. Have I you kind driven of a one? muscle car? No, I haven't driven. They right. really are a muscle car. They yeah. are. Yeah. They're stri- they're kind of a dragster. So if you do a lot of highway driving, they're fantastic. But yeah. there's a lot of nose out in front of you with a lot of horsepower yeah. for like driving the around crazy here. Crazy torque on those things, right? Yeah, it's it's a pretty big thing to lug around. Yeah. And you have kids, right? You, how many kids I have, do you have? I have one and one on the way. One and one on the way. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I love having uh, two seaters. Uh, just so that nobody can come with me. It's like right. the greatest way out. <laughs> I, I totally I love it. You want one kid. You want one kid. Yeah. Maybe. That's really fun. And I love also just when, you go, when you're just out and someone's like, you know, we'll ride with you. And you're like, it's, it's actually impossible. Like, one of you could ride with me, but all of you could never. <laughs> There's your Porsche so, without back seats. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. It's Unbelievable. Great. Well, Zuckerman, like uh, an hour ago, I posted a little thing on Instagram just saying that Tom was here and you were here and, and, and asked for questions. And we got 80 questions already. How's that possible? I, I don't know, but I feel now a little obligated to answer them. I, one, there were many questions about Tom's Lamborghini story, which we just told. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're, we're a little all over the place today. I was going to do a little with you, but you were very late. What the hell were you doing, by the way? I, I was three minutes late. Is that very late? In show business terms, that's very late. I wish I got fired. Look, look you've got he Tom Segura. He was trying to put it on Tom, me. He was, me? Out. <laughs> he was flipping out. Please fire He was freaking I can go to the office and make money. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a problem. No, you're, fired. you're a beloved part of Spike's Car Radio. People love you, Zuckerman, and there are a million questions for you, too. I don't too. know why. People don't love me out in the world. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, oh, that was, yeah, that was, I was good. Trying. I was trying. Oh, it felt good. Here's what Kevin wants to know. 
Uh, Kevin asked, what was the best part of last night's opening at the Peterson Museum? Not being there. <laughs> was Paul the Zuckerman there? No, but his opinion as well. Well, uh, yeah, last night was the Porsche effect, um, the opening of their exhibit. It's going to be there for a year at the Peterson Auto Museum. And there was a panel, of which I was on, with Patrick Dempsey and uh, uh, who else was there? Uh, Zwart, Jeff Zwart was on the panel. We had we had Tommy Kendall on the panel. We had uh, Zelmer, the, the president of uh, Porsche there. I heard you carried Hurley the show. Hurley Haywood. <laughs> I carried it. No, I, I, the show. I had no right. business being there, but there were so many other Porsche people from around the U.S. that I didn't expect. You know, uh, you know the Graham Rahals, the C.J. Wilsons, you know, Canepa was there. And by the way, Canepa told me a story about you, Zuckerman. Okay, he does, <laughs> he does lie. We know that. He's a car I don't salesman. think this was a lie. And I was going to bring him on, but since we're talking about it, since we really not, should bring him on, that would be. I great. invited him on the show, and he's going to come on. But awesome! Why do I we said, fly up there? What's that? We fly up there and do the show there. I don't want to fly in one of your tin can things. He'll be here. Oh, we'll do, we'll do it right here. We what can get you, it done. Flying a Cessna or something? Yeah, yeah, you know. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those. Serious, a little serious. You know oh, that? Okay, okay. Yeah. That yeah, little story you read. And, and he's, the, got, he's got an inner ear problem. One of his little rocks in his in his ear, rocks in his head. It bothers him. He gets nauseous. That's he doesn't not... like when I piss in a bottle, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just hear that, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> You're in a tiny little RV capsule with Zuckerman behind you pissing into a can, and it's you're bouncing and it never up and gets down. Old and I, he's saying, I'm surprised I don't like that. The I, last I, flight I took in the series I loved, and you know that. I sat in the front, and I, I flew the plane a little bit, and that calmed me down. I like that. I like handing you the bottle afterwards. <laughs> <But I laughs> here, hold this. No one needs to see you putting your dick in a bottle and peeing while you're really? flying. No. But flying's hard enough. People trying to fly with peacocks these days. <laughs> and now your cock. <laughs> anyway, this is what I heard. This is what Canepa told me. Because I said, I heard Zuckerman is, is uh, sniffing around a 959. And he goes, yeah, he's trying. But I don't think that's going to work. He's more interested in restoring the Ferrari Daytona. I said, restoring the Ferrari Daytona? Tell me about that. You didn't tell me anything about this. But that this car is now, it's being painted. You said you were just putting it up there, putting it up for sale. And he's, been, right. he's been taking it apart. And he said, you know, it's a beautiful car, beautiful preservation example, needs paint. The interior's fine. But when they took off the dash, they found rats in there. Rat skeletons. Rats like Italian food, too. <laughs> I, what, what can but I tell you? He said he took it off and he sent you pictures. They were two little rats cuddled up together with their bones. And you didn't show me this picture. Okay. You've kept it secret there, from the group. A, there's, a shame, there's a shame factor here. <laughs> there is. Uh, because remember, we know as, as experienced guys in this field, you don't buy at an auction. And, every, so, and remember... I was there at that auction, and I just decided for some reason, some brain chemistry problem I was having on that day, I needed to buy a car at an auction. And I went and I bought a car I shouldn't have bought, and it kind of irritates me and aggravates me. It makes me feel some degree of regret that I made that decision. I love the car, by the way. I know. and I, I was happy that you bought that car. And if, you know, you okay. paid for a little while, uh, 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 you know, Daytonas will come back. Right. They're, they're and, down, what, 20% at this point? Maybe, maybe more, maybe. Bruce I don't is know. very optimistic. Yeah, and of course I heard, he is. And I'm not going to say what he's doing because you, you can tell anybody if you want to tell him, but I heard what he's doing to the car, and it sounds like it's going to be incredible. Like, it I is, got excited about it. Really it is, excited. It about is it. going to be incredible, and I did. <laughs> so I am I'm trying to resolve my mixed feelings about having bought it, but I think I'm making the right decision, and I did kind of want to, when it was done, unveil it. As a I knew surprise. that I knew I that knew it was a, it was a surprise. I so was wait. not nosing around this story. He sort of let Bruce let it out, and he said, "Look, he never said don't tell anybody." And I said, "That's all that I need to hear." Shit. <laughs> that fucking guy. Fucking so, guy. <laughs> if you have a no usually a no auction policy, then yeah, or, yeah. So if you are wanting something it's just you what's your approach then if you're not hey, doing like take a daytona uh-huh they're available any day of the week you call up a knowledgeable person mm-hmm. and you say i want a daytona and i want the right car can you please find some examples for me auctions tom are a great place to buy something you can't buy anywhere else in the world at any other time but barring that okay now imagine this what if you went into a car dealership and they were giving booze to the customers right. you know they would love to do that right, right. you know and that's what's happening at the auction 
situations, and there is an environment there that brings out the worst in a guy like me who's competitive. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. And I got to win, and to win, I got to pay too much money. So you so just I lose way over the top. Yeah. yeah. But you also win a lot when you get out of these cars. I've seen you make money on these cars. Even a car like this, knowing what yeah. they're going to do to it, I think you can still make money. Yeah, now the question but, but, I have by the for way, you. But it's also, it's not just that. It's also, but, you know, like last night, it, it, when something's going on, you want a little souvenir to remind you of this fun time you just had. And, you know, for guys like you, that's a car. That's what they're selling. There's nothing else going on it's up there. It's very expensive therapy time. <laughs> do, you, do, you have a, a, do you guys both have, like, crazy car collections? Yeah, kind of. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can you drive a stick? Well, yeah, can you, can bu- you drive a stick? <laughs> I've, here's the only stick I've ever driven, a 1955 MG. Well, okay, oh, that's then you're pretty, that's a great it's stick. It's pretty to, delicate, though, right? I well, mean, okay, if you can drive that, you can pretty much drive anything. Okay. Well, yeah, good. it's about the experience of something that kind of in, engages you and re- it relaxes you. Yeah. You know, you know in entertainment, your sure. life is insane. You get out in that car on the weekend, you calm down, and oh, yeah, there awesome. you go. That's it. doesn't quite matter what you drive. No, but... I agree, but I mean, tell me about some fucking cool cars you have. Uh, all right, Zuckerman. What, what do you got? Tell them about the Daytona. Okay, well, I found at at the auction there was a Daytona that had been owned by a lady for 45 years. And she finally sold this Daytona, which only had 12,000 miles. Whoa. And she was 95 years old. and But she was a big fan of racing. She was an early member and organizer of the SC. AA, the Sports Car uh, of America Association, is that what it is? And uh, and so her and her husband had a lot of Ferraris and a lot of racing history. So it, it does have a really nice backstory, this yeah. car. Unfortunately, some of the maintenance was, was not there. But there are aspects of the originality of this car that are that are absolutely unrepeatable. So it is a charming car. But as Spike will tell you, with an old Ferrari like this, oh, there's a lot of of stuff that that as you drive and air comes into it you get just dusted with it can be dusty it's yeah. a weird dusty Some thing weird the stuff like the cushions from the seats the foam yeah. is 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 all over you yeah. and there is a certain yeah if you wanted to be like the chinese guy on the airplane with a mask on your face and a respirator <laughs> you you that can I not say that you can <laughs> say whatever you want okay. Okay. so you know, and people know what i'm talking about so uh <laughs> yes, yes we do yes you do <laughs> so um, but it does. But there's a yeah. Uh, it's filthy. There's a filthy. Sometimes you get a filthy feeling from it's. It's almost like when you clean out your attic or you clean out your garage. Right. You know how your hands start to get a little right, hot. And your nostrils your, as yeah. if you, you like were yeah. sanding an old table <laughs> without <laughs> right. a mask on. Right. Yeah. So you yeah. want to sort that stuff out. Right. Like you know, I noticed about that car immediately. The mats were just gone. Like God. they were just gone. You're not going to get the rust what spots year off is from it? them. And, it's a seventy-one. Seventy-one. And it's gorgeous. It was your dream. How old are you? 38. Okay, go. so there's something that you would dig, Miami Vice kind of thing. And so the, what has to happen to the car is I have to sell it like it is, and there's, there's not really market for it, or I have to bring it to a level that I will like to sell, like to drive it, mm-hmm. and it is sellable. Yes, and, and it's got, I think this car is going to end up being like the 300 SL you have, which it, is the convertible Gullwing uh-huh. that he owns. Is that, Very beautiful car. That's that he, an old school one, though? Oh, 61. Yeah. Oh, and he made yeah. that car his own, and it's stunning. You can check it out on uh, at the real Zuckerman on Instagram. Yeah, You'll see it a there. Picture Whenever just, we post it, people go crazy. They go bonkers. Right. Right. But you feel I, like a king in that car. Mechanica is an interesting way of communicating to you and helping to sell me because I said to him, hey, <clears> Bruce, why don't you take the Daytona? You can, you can restore it uh, for... Your cost, and then and I'll trade it against a 959, and I'll give you another car or two. Right. And I think what he wants to do is get my real money. Both for, <laughs> he would prefer a set of cars, something called money, not Bitcoin, real yes. money, legal tender, and he'd like to soak me first and then still sell me a 959. He's a human hunter, as you like to say. Yes, and he, he was really on is. full display last night. He also said he was restoring 959s in uh, special Porsche colors. Look, there's a look uh, at Zuckerman's car. Look at oh, how gorgeous man. that thing is. That's stunning, dude. Yeah. You can't help but feel like the uh, Pope of Greenwich Village when you drive that around, right? You just oh, feel like you're movie. the shit. For those of you who don't know, that was Mickey Rourke when he was a <laughs> handsome guy. Uh, and Eric Roberts, remember? Yeah. 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 Right? They took yeah. his thumb, right? Right. Beautiful, yeah. man. Thank you. And that's what I, That's where I think you're headed with that car. Chalooch. Yeah. Yeah. And so, 
you know what? And I'm inter- now you just gave me a tidbit to think about because what would be greater than you know? I don't care about a red five, nine five nine, but if it was done, right? Say mice and blue, yeah, or viper green, something insane. Why the fuck not? Well, he did. There is that green nine fifty nine down at Santa Monica Airport. Who's that guy? Pappas has it. Yeah, and I've been wondering why it was green, and it's Bruce's car. He's painting them in these traditional Porsche colors. That's what he's doing. He's, he's got some. Balls. He's got a mad. Madman's plan. He he gooses the engine up to like 900 horsepower and then paints them in these just delicious Porsche colors. And what do you think he charges for one of those? As much as he can. What do you think? What's your okay, guess? Okay, I Two know mil? that when if he goes to what they say, <laughs> uh, uh, say Tom just yeah. reacted. This is this is what's going this on. Is like, is this but, like right? a singer kind of operation? Uh no. It isn't. It's he's he's. This is more of a restoration. Those are like resto mods, okay. right? Right. So originally, the nine five nine was not legal in the United States and really not legal in California. And Bill Gates wanted one, and he got in touch with Canapa. Canapa got one in the country, and with the cooperation of Porsche, he was able to get the car to pass U.S. EPA standards while at the same time correcting what some people view as as undeveloped aspects of the car flaws of the car and that's what canopus made kind of a cottage business of fixing things or mm-hmm. developing the car that in a way that porsche never did or could mm-hmm. afford at that time wow, wow. yeah and well are you serious about that price tag though so y- yeah yeah really? i don't know what they cost i'm just Between trying a million to million and two million dollars right for and sure you know with the i saw what he's doing to him so he's going to ask a premium and above if it's and, a there were 29 lightweights right the sport yeah. Of which our friend Jerry has hoarding one. Right. And the Swiss no mile car. Yes. And I'm hearing that those are going close to three Yikes. now. Well, he was telling me that uh, that, that Pappas, this guy who has one, was racing out to the uh, auctions and there was a TDF on his tail, new, new Ferrari, couldn't keep up, couldn't even come close to what he was doing. Just disappeared. Pappas also in, is in, a race car driver. <laughs> <laughs> no, so. but it's the horsepower in the car. Yes. Yeah, because it's not a standard 959. Tom, you got any money on you? Can I borrow some? I mean, I don't have the kind of money you're looking for. How do you know? Uh, hey, you know what was interesting sure. last night? So Klaus Zelmer was there, and he was talking about the future of Porsche. And these guys, you know, the whole the whole deal's going electric. Yeah. You know, the whole deal. Porsche's going to have a hybrid electric 911, they're, they're saying. He, Zelmer didn't say that, but they, they have that Mission E. It's you charge. Uh, it's good for 320 miles. Uh, I, well, I'm trying to think of what he was saying. It was wider than a 911, but shorter than a Tesla. It sounded so great. But but they're really kind of spooked, you could tell, by this generation of people who don't want to buy and lease cars anymore. You know, And they're trying to figure out they have this new program where you can pay uh, monthly to drive a new Porsche and just keep switching out cars. No kind of like Plan Z. Kind of like you and me. Oh, they is Elma ripped off Zuckerman. <clears throat> yes, he did. The whole Porsche company did. So you pay you pay a couple grand a month, and then you just keep going back a to the dealership. It's program. a membership. Yeah, and you can take whatever car you want. That's right now they have that. Yeah, really, I've never heard of that. Volvo's got a similar program. A lot of these guys are doing it. Um, and you say it's similar to something you're already in. No, I'm just reading a lot of car companies are moving towards uh, self-driving electric and these programs that where you can share cars together like the three of us could or you could buy a membership and you can just take out whatever you need with wow. an app. No idea about that. That sounds I mean that it makes a lot of sense. It sounds right. very business savvy of them to do that. That's perfect for you. It's perfect for a guy like you, right? Sure. You, know, you yeah. get you take out your 911 and then when you got some family stuff, you get in the Macan. That that sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. It's a perfect kind of like a bordello of cars. <laughs> and there was a guy last night, Zuckerman, who came up to me. He was so excited. He goes, "I'm doing Plan Z. I'm doing Plan Z." <laughs> I, I said, "Fantastic! They do, and they're excited about it." And he said, "I'm sharing a GT2 RS like you and Zuckerman. The only issue is my friend lives in New York and I live in LA." And I said, "How That's is that going to work?" And he goes, "I don't care. It's Plan Z." We'll figure That's it out. That's right. There you go. <laughs> so you guys got a GT2 RS together? We share cars all the time. No Yeah, shit. we're sharing stuff because, you know, we're realistic. We have a lot of cars to drive, you know, and what does it matter? I'll yeah, keep no. a car for a month. He can take it What's for a month. Co- How does that drive? What's Crazy. that? The GT2 RS. It hasn't, it hasn't come out yet. Oh, okay. But okay. it sounds like it's going to be a monster. It's right. going to be wicked. Could be the last I saw the big price monster. tag on it, so I just I, didn't, I assumed it was out. Yeah, no, not yet. Oh, my. My, yeah. Yes. Oh, my, indeed. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, and we're going to be back with Tom Segura uh, right after this. 
All right, folks, I want to talk about death. I want to talk about, though, your bucket list with respect to death. That's right, your bucket list. You know what should be on it? A trip to one of the greatest spectacles in all of motorsports. Take it from me, folks. You want to see the Indy 500. And it's not just any trip. This is the ultimate Indy 500 fan experience. Don't be with all the dopes up in the stands. You're going to lose your mind with this. Listen listen to this stuff. That's exactly what Amsoil, maker of some of the best synthetic motor oils on the planet, is giving away this spring. One grand prize winner will win the trip of a lifetime to the Indy 500 to watch some of the fastest cars and best drivers battle to have their names etched alongside the greats like Foyt, Andretti, Unser, and Castroneves. But that's not all. Listen to what else awaits the grand prize winner. Pit access. Dinner with an Indy 500 legend, VIP track access, sweet access to watch the race, a thousand bucks in cash for expenses, round trip airfare for two, to and from Indianapolis, hotel accommodations for two for five nights at a hotel near the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, ground transportation to the airport, hotel and speedway, chances to meet drivers, what else could you ask for? Just like they do when making high-performance synthetic motor oils, Amsoil went the extra mile with this sweepstakes. If that's not enough, 10 first-place winners will receive one free digital download code for Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game. To enter the Amsoil Ultimate Indy 500 Fan Experience, text INDY, I-N-D-Y, to 41487, I-N-D-Y, to 41487, or visit amsoil.com slash INDY. Hey, it's Rob Riggle. And Sarah Tiana. And you are listening to Riggle's Pick. Yeah, and a ham horn, and uh, we have a new <laughs> podcast. You can find our show exclusively on the Podcast One app on podcastonesports.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Every Thursday, we're going to sit around and we're going to talk about the things that really excite us, like life, comedy, sports, a lot of sports. Um, Ourselves. A, a lot of Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Kim Jong-un. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you join us. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right. We're back with Tom Segura. Let's talk more about your disgraceful special. Um, uh, there was a part of it toward the end that I know Zuckerman will really enjoy. because He's a personal injury uh, attorney, so he's got a front row seat to a lot of strange injuries that uh-huh. occur. And you did, a, you did a whole bit about that, right? About people who bump their head and they, suddenly they're speaking different languages. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah tell him about that. Well, that was something we discovered on our podcast. On our podcast, uh, my wife and I do a podcast called Your Mom's House. We've had it for seven years. And it's, it's basically you break down audio and video clips that people send in. So it's always like the more outrageous, the better. Right. And one of them that came in a few years ago uh, that just fascinated us was about this thing that's a real thing called foreign accent syndrome. <laughs> and it's people who have head injuries and it's a neurological thing right. that they can't explain, but they wake up with a foreign accent and awesome. sometimes they don't shake it. Sometimes it affects the way they walk too. <laughs> so, oh, awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, you know, I just made fun of them and, and, and I just spoke about the joy of like, it's, it's technically a disability, but it's one that you can laugh at and not feel bad because <laughs> someone's speaking with a fucking funny accent, you know? It's, oh, I love this. Yeah, so there's like- Can I hire one of those people? Oh, dude, the people started to, if you look up, if you type in foreign now on YouTube, it goes foreign accent syndrome. Oh. Because so many people looked it up. What are some examples of them? Like, well, the real ones. The real, like the most famous case, like the m- most documented one, the one that we flipped out for was a British woman who, you know, I understand technically you, you're not going to get in all this on a special because it's just too, you're getting like too inside on it. Right. Her accent isn't necessarily what it's labeled as, but it's what people <laughs> think they're hearing. In other words, you could just say, hey, this woman talks with some accent, but they call it a Chinese accent, <laughs> you know, because, because it just, it, she's a British lady, and now she's like, I have not had my voice. That's she, right. So she's like, I have not had my voice in conversation for nearly three years now. That's what she says. <laughs> oh so they're God. like, you have a Chinese accent. Like, technically, it's not a Chinese accent, but it, sounds it, that sounds way like, it does sound that way. So, and, you know, they were, they were playing, if you watch the video on her, they're playing her old like an old voicemail she left to her, and she's like, 
I don't know that voice no more. You know, and like she that's how she speaks now. And and oh they did, God. you know, they consult doctors. They're like, Yeah, she's not putting you on. This is something that happens. It's rare. But they're you know, they've had it where somebody has like a, a legit French sounding accent, um, and they live in Tennessee or some shit and they're like what happened? They're like, they were in an accident. And then <laughs> they get, this is how she talks now. So it's pretty That's not going to work yeah. for Tennessee. Have nah. a thick French accent. No, nah, for Tennessee, they'd be like, you got to get out now. And you were talking about it now, and I forget, were you, were you sent to boarding school? What was the story with the, 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 uh, the kid that had Tourette's syndrome? Oh, the kid in Tourette's. No, that was just Catholic school. Um, and I, you know, it's funny, like, I had like a, a brief mention, not even really of, in the in the in the special before that, I, I mention how I sometimes I'll hear something and I kind of loop on it and just start saying it. And my wife will be like, "We shut the fuck!" Like you're always because I just like the way a certain thing sounds, you know. Like I'll hear it in a movie and I'll just repeat the line over and over and over. And I did a whole bit about how like I saw this show and this guy was like bikes. Like he yelled it and he was <laughs> walking around and I, and I go, "It's like I have Tourette's." And for some reason, it when I did that the earlier special. I say the word, I, I, it's like I have Tourette's, and then it's like the special came out, and I was like, dude, I used to be in a class with a dude with Tourette's. So I talk about that more specifically. That was that in fifth grade, I was in the suburbs of Minneapolis, Plymouth, Minnesota, went to Catholic school, and we moved uh, in the middle of the school year. So it's like I'm in Catholic school, and the first day I'm in school, most Catholic schools, at least that I attended, you have mandatory mass at least once a week. And the first day that I went to this school was a mass day. So the actual first thing that I do is go to church, you know. So I'm in there in our little polos, and you sit down, and, like, it's a it's a, a probably like an elementary through eighth grade Catholic school. So it's a big church, and the priest does, like, the sign of the cross, and he's like, and this kid, like, a few rows in front of me just goes, you're a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> And that would get me to church. Oh man, I'm just sitting there like, what? And I, the thing that like took me out of it was how literally nobody reacted. Like everybody was just like, and then he's like, "Fuck you!" And I'm like, "You gotta be shitting me!" I start like shaking with laughter. I mean, really shake. I was like, you know, where you have like you're holding it back, right. and I'm like, this. There's no way this is happening. And I just asked them, but I'm like, what's going on right now? And they're like, oh, that's Kevin. Like, <laughs> he has Tourette syndrome. And I didn't even know what, I mean, I'm in fifth grade. I didn't know what that was. Like, what? And then you're going, to, like, we're having, you know, regular classes and he's just screaming shit. And they all would ignore. I always got a rush from it. And one time we had a substitute and this dude, he would always take markers and draw on himself. And she, a substitute, substitutes usually were informed, like you have this student. They didn't tell her. So as he started drawing on it, she flipped out like, what's going on? And everybody in the class was like, holy shit, like she doesn't know what's going on. Then he starts drawing on his face <laughs> and she just gets, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And he's just like, fuck you, bitch. And this woman just started weeping in the <laughs> class. You know, it's one of my greatest memories. Like, oh, my God. It, it just that's I, a fantastic I re story. I remember like being right? in the well, principal's office and hearing kids complain to the principal about him being a distraction and i'm like are you really trying to get this kid out of our class like this is the greatest blessing <laughs> right we've ever had is this kid in class and these kids are like hey he's we can't learn with kevin in class i'm like kevin is is god sent like yeah. he is we have a like a free pass to laugh our asses off right. all day with right this kid. yeah and kids were, were actually get to know him too right yeah of course that's you know where was this what, Plymouth, in Minnesota. In Minnesota, mm -hmm. yeah. I find that's, you know, a, a very, I relate to that story. When you're the funny guy in a school that's not funny and there's something funny going on and nobody gets it and you're you're plotting your escape at that point. Like, I got to go someplace where people understand what I'm saying, Appreciate right? this, yeah. Where did you grow up in the... Middle? In Massachusetts. Okay. No, but in a small town in Massachusetts. And, and you know, a lot of Roman uh, Irish Catholics uh, like myself, but they were pretty funny people. I had a good group of funny people. We had an appreciation for uh, Mel Brooks movies and Steve Martin mm -hmm. albums and right. that stuff, but there, uh, a good seventy-five percent of people didn't didn't get it. Yeah, and you know, I was just like, I got to get to Boston. Yeah, <laughs> this I is where I belong. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is where I belong. Are you on tour right now? Uh, well, you know, the special came out like a month ago, so I'm doing. So what? Well, what what happens with that now? Do you 
do that material on the road? No. Or are you now working on new material? It's all new. It's and, all new. And how do you come up with new material? What um, kind of guy are you? Are you I the... need the special to come out to feel the pressure of new to do new material. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. So tonight's actually the first big set I've done since the special came out. I've been doing spots, right? But this will be like I'll do a full, you know, at least forty-five tonight. And where's that? At the Ice House. At the Ice House. Yeah. And then and next week, Des Moines. And what is it like though? Are you do? do you, are you a pad guy? Or are you just kinda... well? I like to do bullet points, and then like I, I kind of, I'll some of those things I've been working out. Some of them are more like just ideas, and then I like writing on stage, and then afterwards listening to it and then go oh like this needs a stronger joke here right this these like that so i'll build it up this is like the process i've been doing for the last three specials i can't believe so. you can listen to yourself it's horrible but <laughs> but, but at, at, i at, could listen to you but you can't listen to no you. no but early on you can because early on you're not sick of it so like since it's so fresh right it'll be so new it's actually that's the most tolerable one the worst is when you're about to shoot and you're like should i listen to a set to see if I can make it. But you're like, oh, this shit. Oh, it's so hard. You just start scrolling. You're like, oh, I, I already yeah. know it. Yeah, yeah. Do you it must be hard. When, even when I have to listen back through this show, I procrastinate. I, I will do a thousand things before I actually hit play on this. And well, Will, Will can attest, a lot of times I'll just go, just let it fly. I remember it being very funny. <laughs> but it's such an important, for a comic, it's a very important thing to do is to go have that look, get over yourself, and I edit. record every set. I listen to less than half of one percent really so it's just it's there and it's like i know it's there but and what do you record it on just on the phone yeah i just put it on the stool and just no, you just pop it right down. yeah i just put it down <laughs> like this are there little... any clubs here in la that are that you won't play that are difficult is that the comedy store what's the one on sunset i was i was there seeing uh... the stores on sunset and laugh factories on sunset yeah yeah comedy store Store is great. So I went there to see Jeremy, our buddy Jeremy Piven, do stand up. Who he was really good. Seemed like a natural. He's got a little ways to go with the stuff, but he was really funny. Yeah. Um, but it seemed like the 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 audience was really touristy and and loud oh, really? and a little drunk. And uh, I mean, the thing about the store is that I mean, by far the best room, the best room in L.A. now by a mile is at the store. Oh yeah. By far, it's not even close. They're sold out on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, like just packed, packed, packed. So they're packed and they're ready to see comedy. And they have three rooms, so you can actually do three spots wow. in one building, um, which is pretty nuts. And each room has a different vibe. I would say, you know, the belly room is so small, intimate. Um, you're like you're naked in that sense, you know, because there's like right. max seventy four people in there or right. something. OR is a great try stuff out room, but it's also you know it's like it's a it's a fight. It can be like yeah. it can be tough. Main you... room is more like doing a road room. Main room is like uh, the the equivalent of I'm saying like being out on the road and doing. You you should do. They would t probably encourage you to do like your your material that you know works. It's, right. It's not like you know for most comics, it's not like a try stuff out room. Do you guys make money? Can you make money doing that? Doing the store? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you get paid for every set. You get paid more on the main room shows. It's the bigger room, and and it's it's like an even split. Um, I mean, I don't know. If people make so it's just a, a work and it's it. a workout for you until totally. you get out on the road, right? It's yeah, like it's going just, to the yeah. gym. And yeah. Then... It's just total workout place. Wow. I mean, the improv's great. I've been playing the improv for years. Um, but you know those things they go through psych ups and downs of like mm -hmm. which club is hot. The hot club right now is definitely the store. I mean the Ice House is also bonkers. You go there, you announce a good. I lineup. like that club. It's really fun. Yeah, that's out in Pasadena. All yeah. right, let's get to some more questions here. They all seem to be cars. Um, uh, this one comes up a, a lot, Zuckerman. Uh, this is from TLG Auto, our buddy. Uh, how do you get your floors to look so good in the <laughs> hangar? Everybody wants to talk about your polished, uh, uh, what is this, polished cement floors, right? It, it, and it's, it's, it's one of the most common floors you can have anywhere, it's right? So, it's so absolutely simple. And I know Marco, who couldn't fix anything, do anything, he seems to be just just you know hitting a brick wall on this one but it's a two stage epoxy finish and the guy puts it on and you you only have to wait like a week to walk on it and it just shines it's just beautiful and it cleans up really nicely the only downside for a guy like marco is is that if there is some sort of oil or other uh kind of fluid it is rather slippery right yeah 
but it's easy to keep up, right? It's e- and it's wait. easy to it's 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 the go to move yeah. for just quick it, and it easy. Goes to, and I and Marco should call me. I'm going to ask the guy who did it exactly what the product was, and I can even turn put those two together so you can get his floors done, and it's not expensive. Right. Not expensive at all. All right. Yulewood uh, Funder, that's a nice IG handle, mm. wants to know Tommy Buns, yeah. what he thinks of the official car of the state of Louisiana is. Now, you had a, a little controversy with Louisiana, didn't you? I did. You're yep. going to have to set that up, I think, before you pick the official car. You, you suggested that maybe it should be walled off, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I just took a, uh, yeah, I took a shit on the state. I mean, it was like I, I met a dude that was from there, so I made fun of him. And then when I was done making fun of the guy, like this Cajun guy, I just added to the joke and was like, you know, I support building a wall if it's around the state of Louisiana. Like, <laughs> we don't need them, basically. And then I called them swamp people. And <laughs> but I mean, you know, in, that. it was fun. It was yeah. just a fun thing to say. It was a joke. Yeah, but I mean, like, you forget. I mean, I think people, like, you know, you tour, <laughs> and you do shows, you do spots or whatever. Mm-hmm. You forget that on a platform like Netflix, like you, and how many people actually have it, that like it's like things like that are not going to land favorably for every you know no, I mean, for everyone no like, it's just, the whole world sees it yeah you really get like you literally get millions of eyeballs on your your joke you know right so have you written for late night before you were, did you write for Conan no I never no. wrote for him I've done his show a, a bunch of times you just done never, it yeah this yeah. you know having written for Dave and done my own late night show there's you just don't make fun of states and cities yeah. because there are affiliates there yeah and sure. they will shut you down yeah you're yeah. supposed to do the opposite right you're supposed yeah to I guess I haven't never thought about that you know <laughs> never thought about having my own show yeah <laughs> and but no one really cared people yeah. understood you were joking right I mean no uh, I mean, I think a lot of people under. But most you were people joking. Are, yeah, you were most joking. people understand. That's but, right. But you know what happens is if you are in comedy and you're around comedy, you forget that your perspective is so skewed about mm-hmm. jokes and like offensiveness because you you actually are incredibly biased. Even when you go, I'm not thinking of it in a biased way. You are for people who are completely removed from that world all the time. Right. Because they just go like. Why would you say something shitty like that, you know? And they're technically right. Like, they're not wrong, you know? But you're like, well, in the context of this, and they're like, it's great here. I mean, my family's great. You you think we're all horrible? You're like... It's just a joke. But you trying to explain that to a comedy person, they're like, yeah, of course. To somebody not in there, they just go like... Why I still don't me? understand why you would say something like mm-hmm. that. You know, so you at a certain point you're like, no, you're right. It's it's not the nicest thing to say. You know, lots of know. folks, Zuckerman, want you to talk about your uh, BMW 1M, which really? I've driven to. This is a this is this little BMW thing that he bought. That if I've you, seen that, them, yeah, you've seen them, I've right? Seen them, if you yeah. saw one, you wouldn't go. Well, that's not something that Zuckerman would uh, be driving, but he's driving it. He's loving it. What do you? What? By what the you? way, a dump truck is the official uh, vehicle of Louisiana. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, that's what it go. is. Yeah. What's wrong a dump with that? truck. Yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Sorry, back to the that's, one. Yeah, I forgot yeah. to hit that. Um, I love that car, and you know why? Well, I tell do. everybody what it is first. Oh, it's a two th- in two thousand eleven. Towards the end of the one series of BMW, which then became a two series, but towards the end, the engineers at BMW uh, kind of revolted and said, we will make an M version of this, even though it wasn't sanctioned. So it's a quasi M because it doesn't have an M engine, but it's got great suspension bits. And it's such a small car. It's got perfect 50-50 weight distribution. It's got hydraulic steering. Everything's electric now. It is such a fun experience uh, it is such a great little car and and one of the things is is that i didn't have high expectations of this car i suppose if you bought a lamborghini or a porsche turbo you expect all sorts of great wonderful things that could be disappointed this car i thought okay it's going to be whatever and it's something me and my son can enjoy together and we're actually vying to see who gets to drive it it's really that fun yeah, really it's that fun and well done. And is it chipped up? What, what's oh, yeah, going on with it? Dip, it's not clipped, a normal uh, BMW 1M. Right, because the engine, it's a turbo engine. And with a the, very loud turbo noise. Well, A yes, lot of these. But, poof, poof. Well, it's got, a, it's got an air box. It's got a, a blow-off valve. It's got uh, special exhaust on it. It's got a chip. So instead of about 333 horsepower, it puts out about 430. Wow. So it makes it a psycho <laughs> little devil car. I yeah. said it was the baby face Finster of uh, BMWs, and and that's what it is to me. And you let me drive it. Yeah. And um, 
you said don't take the traction control <laughs> off, which instantly. Don't hit the red button. I did. Right? I hit all the buttons. I took everything off, and I was driving it down the hill at night, and and I almost lost control of it into a bunch of cars on the side and, of the road. And the reason I mean, I got a genuine adrenaline rush right. of, oh, shit, I'm losing this Particularly car. Particularly because you're so used to a rear engine car. You So it's taken me a while. Now that I've driven well, it Well, I just didn't month, think something this small could have that much power. Right. And I was like, is what that? is he talking about? Where did you take it to get it uh, souped up? I actually got it out of I got it from a guy in Ohio who runs a place called Enthusiast Auto Group. And he is the guy to go to for great BMW. Low like miles, M's, but he just knows how to upgrade. Yeah, he uh, will upgrade it and tell you what the right. Well, you have to do the upgrades in unison. It's gotta, it's gotta work together. Right. You don't want Frankenstein. You want something that has some degree of harmony. And what's the, is, what's the limited edition? Like the, like the fixed wing M3. What's it? That well, they there's came an out M4 with? GTS. That's, that's it, right? One. That's M4 GTS, yeah. and then a tester of their M2. Which is a super fun little. Yes, yeah. that's the that's the successor. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I was just up at Thermal Club driving uh, driving M3s on slicks around the track, which you know I've never been a big fan of BMWs, but it's the only thing we wanted to drive out there. It was, was what M3s? a great yeah. car, yeah. so much fun and so much fun on racing slicks, and I was really impressed. The steering is very much like your 1M. It's just a nice hearty steering wheel with a nice hearty uh, steering feel. And uh, very controlled, but the one M, you're, you're right. It's a it's a big winner. I'm I'm not sure if it's a U car or your son car, but it's a it's it is a lot of fun. It is very addictive. And, I'm, and I'm, didn't you say you drove it down to Mexico? No, I said I, I drove it to Laguna, and that was that <clears> was one of my greatest rides. I was enjoying it so much. I am looking forward to getting it down to Mexico, where I believe it's an unlimited speed situation. Not it's not, it's not really very but, aerodynamic, uh, aerodynamic looking though, is it? It has great aerodynamics. Don't ask me. I'm not an engineer. You're not worried? About what? <laughs> Rolling that thing. <laughs> Being a nickel in a roll, coffee can uh, again. If I roll it at 145, I won't be worrying about it after the fact. <laughs> can we do a few more questions? Do we have time? All right. We, we, we're, 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 they're pushing us out in a little bit because uh, I think Jordan Peele's coming in. Who's to that? talk about something else. Yeah, I don't know. Some Come guy on, man. made a big movie. <laughs> <laughs> the Mad TV guy who just made $300 million on Get Out. Um, what was your favorite car at the Peterson Museum? I, I, I like that uh, Steve McQueen Speedster. Plain black, black 58 Steve Why McQueen Speedster. Why do you bring Speedster? that up? Well, I, you know, I didn't even tell you this. So I'm on stage with Dempsey and the whole, whole group of folks, and I had been telling Tommy Kendall before we got up on stage a little bit, of, he, we were talking about crashes, and I was saying how liberating a crash can be in a car that you really care for, because once it's crashed, you don't worry about it anymore. And cars can be fixed. We have lots of master craftsmen these days. It's not like the old days. And you can make it better than new, right? And that's, that's what he led off with with his second question. Now, you crash a lot of cars, Mike. <laughs> and I was like, it wasn't my car. It was Zuckerman's car. And we got into a conversation in front of 500 people about your Speedster, your 58 Speedster. Which, of course... Canapa said, I can't believe you talked about it. I said, it's already been on the podcast. We've right. already been... And, and, and Tom, it's because uh, McQueen had a very unique Speedster. There were only, of all the Speedsters, there was only one other that was identical to it, and I owned that car. You own that? Black, own, black, it, Rudge knockoff wheels. Yeah, and it was... Plus, what was what were the options on the McQueen car? Was well, it, it was a seats? Super. It was a Super, and it also had it had coupe seats in it. Coupe seats. And so it was a fantastic, rare car, and some, as we... Well, that's yours, but I, the McQueen Speedster has different seats. It well, because... It doesn't have coupe it, seats. It, well, it was ordered with coupe seats, and, and I like me. But it has me. something different well, in sure, there now. sure, because he put... He, he took it out, and, and I he think had there an are R seats. seat. Right. He put an R seat in there, or he put a... Right, put yeah. something different in there for comfort. It's gorgeous. Am I putting together that you crashed this car? <laughs> uh, he my, did. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it wasn't me. I was blamed for it, which is oh. why I had to say, wait a minute, it's it not was my a, car. It was a stoned-out hippie guy with 10 rescue cats <laughs> in, in a van who made a U-turn in front of me. Oh, and I said, I said, I almost died at the hands of an idiot. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah. And it wasn't uh, – it was a slow-speed crash. The car wasn't that damaged. It was just a little bit of front end. Oh, yeah, I think a hundred-some-odd-thousand dollars. $175,000 estimate. Yes. Which I don't understand, but whatever. I know it's going to come out. It's going to be perfect. And insurance pays for that, right? All right did you yeah. sue the guy? 
This is what you do. I know. See the fact, cat? I never, I never even, I don't come out and say I'm a lawyer. That'd be like saying I'm an asshole. Yeah. And yeah. so I just got out. I was a little angry, and then I calmed down. And it was the following day when I when I called him up to apologize for calling him a fucking idiot, saying I didn't have the right to say that to yeah. you. That he said, I looked you up. Are you going to take, are you going to come after me? And I said, you're lucky. You don't have anything I want. It's fine. It's fine. We'll be mm. friends. Well, anyway, wow. they have 50 yeah. beautiful cars there from the, the, the very beginning of Porsche, the 1939 Type 64 60K10. Is that which, the Berlin Rome car? It looks like a Gamund 356 that someone left under a heat lamp. So that's a shrinky thing. Tiny, two tiny little couch cushion seats in it and a weird steering wheel up here, and there were only three of them. Um, you know, 917s, the new 919. you got to go to the Peterson Museum and check it out. They people, These people donate their cars, lose them for a year. They, they're, they're keeping them in there for a year. That's but, how long this will be there? Yeah, it'll be there for a year. Your kids will love it. Your boy will love it. How old is he? Two. He's two. They they have a kid's room of car stuff up there. Okay. So you can go up. They have little cars Where to play that? with. It's right on Fairfax why and Wilshire, right? two of us since I didn't get to go? What, why do I have to go again? I was just there. You're my tour guide. Come on. <laughs> You'll love dead. it. Oh, yeah, we dead. can go anytime. Yeah. They also have cars set up in the vault, which they have this vault downstairs that they only let a few folks into That where they got, uh, among other things, like the Magnum P.I. Ferrari. Whoa. The 308, man. And they have it's Steve McQueen's XKSS. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which, by the way, that was those were two drives that have been promised me that I have not gotten yet. That drive, the XKSS, because I got that car into Steve McQueen's driveway in my neighborhood for a photo shoot, and they promised me a drive. Dana, down at the Peterson, if you're listening, I, w- I want you to call me. I want to go on that drive. you got to let me drive that car. And uh, Bruce, uh, Bruce Meyer promised me a drive in his 250 short wheelbase. Really? Because uh, whenever uh, I get asked, what's my dream car, that's it. That, call that Bruce, because he'll, he'll take you out. He's a good No, guy. he will. He, he's tremendous. Um can I do a couple more questions? We got to get going. Well, uh, Wells, two more questions. We'll we'll be fast. Uh, we did the Lamborghini story. Uh, what's your go-to rental car when touring, Tom? Oh, <laughs> actually, I do have one. What is it? It's a Tahoe. I always try to get one. Oh, there you go. Because I like I like being up high in a like a foreign city, mm-hmm. and like I just I've always liked the way Tahoes drive. So every time, you know, I don't go for exotics or anything and if if i'm renting a car it's probably there's a good drive like a good drive involved that i want to be super comfortable okay you know and and why why do folks keep asking about your jeans are they high and dry (laughs) tight tight (laughs) high and tight high and tight tight. what is that what is that my podcast is all inside jokes (laughs) and my favorite thing about people who don't do comedy is uh, just the idea that something out of context just won't be funny to other people. Right. So well, like, I'm laughing at well, it. It's, I think it is pretty funny. It's it's funny. Just in, I mean, it is kind of silly, but the whole idea is like you know when you see a guy, mm-hmm. usually I don't know, probably middle aged, a little older. He has like he just he has he just looks like a like a dad. You know, he's got like really high and tight jeans on. <laughs> we encourage people to think that that guy's cool and that and that he's got it together. Mm-hmm. And it's it's sort of a metaphor for he knows how to live life. So if you if your jeans are high and tight, you're doing it right. Right. And then if you're like fucking up or you're just like you you don't know how to enjoy yourself, it's cuz your jeans are low and loose. I so see. There just, you go. It's just inside lexicon stuff. Tahoe's and high and tight jeans. High well, tight the jeans. uh the new special is disgraceful. It's on Netflix now. And then you'll see Tom out in the world writing the new one. It's, it's very nice to meet you, man. It's a- nice to meet you, anything too. Anything else you want to promote before we say goodbye? Uh, I mean, you know, you know, the, the podcast, your mom's house. I want invites to, like, come nerd out on your cars. I want to see them. Yeah, also. anytime. We'll, uh, maybe yeah. we'll do an on-location show at uh, Zuckerman's Hangar. Oh, we'll, that would be fantastic. We'll all touch the floor. and Dude, I would love to touch that floor. Drive some cars. Well, we're out in Malibu a lot. I'm, uh, on the weekends, I'm if you need a break that. from the kids, okay. that's usually what that Let's drive is about. People think that we're at the Malibu Kitchen all the time because we're always Instagramming from there. Yeah. But really, it's a break from the kids. We go there maybe for an hour uh, and then on the weekends. Great, there's that great canyon. Uh, there's Ensenal, there's Ensenal there's Canyon, there's, Malibu. I know. There's Latigo. There's is it Latigo? Latigo's ten like, miles. Yeah, that's a little tight. The turns are tight. Yeah. Encinal is a nice, long, sweeping, relaxing one. Like we're okay. we're, we're not racers. We like to right. ju- we want to we want to be relaxed after this thing. So right. we usually do a little drive. We come. We sit down at Bills. We have a little coffee. We talk to fans. 
talk about comedy. We talk, sure. complain about our wives and kids. Yeah, there sure. it is. It's, it's done. Great. Old Dude, man stuff. Just fucking invite me. I'm in. I'm You're in. in. Zuckerman, you can catch up with on at the real Zuckerman. And if you've been injured in an accident, <laughs> <laughs> look him up in the yellow pages. I'm at Spike first, and we uh, thank you for listening to Spike's Car Radio. We'll be back next week with another show. Thank you. Real quick before we go, if you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with the terms MSRP. You might even know what it stands for. But what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home. And how do you know if your True Price car is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want. And your certified dealers know this, so they set their True Price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the podcast. Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.com.